thank God it's Friday. It is Friday. Welcome to it. Thanks for joining us here for the Brewers Briefing on this Friday morning of March 3rd. I hope you're doing fantastically. I am. Thanks for asking. This is a program where we talk about what's happening in the world of news, current events. Get your thoughts and opinions via the phone lines or the text line. The number 918-756-3646. Again, text or call. One number will do it all here. So either, either way. We just love your thoughts and opinions and what you have to say about stuff because your opinion really does matter here on uh, the Brewers Briefing. We're podcasting this to the world. Uh, It's out there on Apple Music and Spotify and Google Play at the moment. So anyway, thanks a lot for joining me. I appreciate you so much. It is is Friday. Mm -hmm. The weekend is upon us. Let's take a look at the weather, see what it's going to do out there. Currently, we have 42 degrees and overcast skies in eastern Oklahoma. Winds out of the north, 13 to 17. The high today, looking at about 58. Winds 20 to 30 out of the north. So that's pretty cold, pretty cool right there. 38 overnight. Winds will calm down. Tomorrow, a nice 66 and sunshine. Some southerly breezes, not too bad, really. 44 overnight. Listen to this. Sunday, going to be 75 degrees. (laughs) Yeah, but it is going to be windy, 25 to 35 on the winds on Sunday. If you're going to go sailing, great for you. 56 overnight. Monday, 74 degrees, sunshine and southerly breezes. Mm, Tuesday, back down to the uh, upper 50s. Uh, On Tuesday, Wednesday, mid-50s. And what is this? Who ordered this? 49 on Thursday. (laughs) No, no, we're done with all that. We are moving on. Can I get a witness in the back? Everybody ready for spring? Yes. <clears throat> I know the trees are. They're, they're doing their thing out there. They are budding and ready to go. <clears throat> all right, let's see. Have we told you about everything? Uh, what is today? Today's Friday. We got basketball tonight. Sam Harmon going to be traveling down to Wilburton, America. Going to be uh, covering uh, Preston Boys and Girls. Both are in the winner's bracket of area. They'll be playing Pecola tonight. 6 and 7.30 broadcast here on the brew. If they win, they go directly to state. We can't say the big house anymore because that is racist. But they're going to the state tournaments uh, in in OKC. If they win, if they don't, then they got to do the thing and work it out. So we're rooting for Preston, Lady Pirates, and the Pirates tonight, 6 and 7.30, right here on The Brew. Did you catch the Town Talk this morning? Town Talk, 7 o'clock program. We record folks from around the community. This morning, we had the sheriff on the air. Sheriff Eddie Rice, we were talking about State Question 820. This is the uh, question that's coming to you. An Oklahoma citizen about whether we should legalize recreational marijuana. That's a vote coming Tuesday of next week. Early voting is now. You can go down to the courthouse, to the election board, and vote now if you want to. But uh, Tuesday coming up is going to be the actual vote vote. So I saw a piece that the sheriff put out on their Facebook page about why to vote no and 
the reasons why. And so I interviewed him yesterday. I aired it this morning at 7 o'clock. If you missed it, well, sucks to be you, doesn't it? Well, we'll put it up on our website. The, we have all of the town talks archived over there. And I don't know if you're enjoying it, but my mother is enjoying those programs a lot. And I think that's great. And mom it will tell you straight up. My mother will not sugarcoat it. She will tell you if she doesn't like it, <laughs> she will tell you. And if she does like it, she will tell you. And so she likes it. And so I'm thinking that's a good sign. I hope you're you're catching it. I hope you like it as well. That's every morning at 7 o'clock here on The Brew. And so anyway, we were talking 7.20. All right? So I, I, I want to know what you think about this. I've... Uh, I've been getting a lot of information from my listeners, and Pam is one of my uh, one of my listeners. Pam is uh, is a volunteer for me. She helps me do stuff, and she uh, has been sending me articles. And bless her heart, <laughs> yesterday she she inundated me. I said, "Pam, stop! I can't read all this. I do not have time. I want to, and I'm trying to get educated about it. I promise, and I want to talk about it. But holy smokes, there's a lot of stuff." Um, anyway, so I do have some that she did send me though, this, this morning from, uh, the Oklahoma farm bureau, Oklahoma rural coalition host press conference in opposition to state question 820. So the farm bureau is talking about the effects for rural Oklahoma and how it, how it affects folks. And, uh, one of the, one of the guys speaking said uh, each of us spent a disproportionate amount of time hearing from our members with concerns about marijuana and the impact within rural communities. This is the uh, Farm Bureau president, Mosul, Rod Mosul. A lot of times that gets lost in the urban environment, but in the rural environment, a lot of these changes have showed up dramatically and have a big factor in the fabric of many of our rural communities. He said, specifically talking about the youth, said our members do a lot of work with youth groups, and so we're particularly concerned about our young people and the we're very worried about the impact of increasing availability and access to marijuana and what that might have on our young people across the state and in the rural communities. And rightfully so, because kids, well, can we just say it? They're dumb, <laughs> especially teenagers. When they hit 13, I mean, the brains just fall out. I'm sorry if you're listening and you're 13. It's just the way it is. It's, it's the way it was with my kids. And listen, I know something about this. I really do. I personally had some children, I'll leave them nameless, who started smoking weed at a very young age. And it was not a good thing for these, these children. And this was not legal back then, of course. And uh, so if, if, if it's readily available and it's all over the house, it's going to be an issue for teenagers. I think that's, that's probably a given. Um, what else are they going to say? He goes on to say, um, the Oklahoma Cattlemen's Association poses the state question because it invites even more marijuana actively to our rural communities. We must protect our rural way of life, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And then there's another one I wanted to read to you. Here's one here from uh, AFR president. He says, we've seen the negative impact the rapid growth of unregulated medical marijuana industry has had on Oklahoma agriculture and the rural communities. We've seen a rise in farming challenges. This is something you don't think about, right? Well, how does it affect the farms? Well, I haven't really thought about that too much. 
He says, we've seen a strain on rural electric and rural water utilities because marijuana grows take a lot of water, I guess, and a lot of electricity. they got grow lights and uh, 24-7 stuff. And we've seen a lot of increase in crime, they say. And uh, we oppose State Question 820 because additional growth in Oklahoma's marijuana industry will mean additional difficulties for our farmers and ranchers. All three have a deal to so protect our kids, vote no on State Question 820. And so there's, there's, it's coming. I mean, this bill is coming, and, 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 Amer- and Oklahomans will have a, have a choice to make. Is this going to be helpful? And, and I think there's a, there's a pretty, you know, uh, it seems pretty divided. We, we did a little a poll on here, which is completely unscientific, <laughs> but many of you are for it. And, uh, you know, you got your reasons for it. We had a caller just at the end of the program yesterday. It was all about it for it. And uh, Janet called last week and she was for it. And, you know, and, and there's reasons for you to be for it if you're for it. And there's reasons for you to be against it. And uh, I think it's, it, I don't know if it's evenly split. I really don't know. I don't have, I've been asking people who do they think is going to win this deal. And uh, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I think, I think one of the um, things to think about, and I think the sheriff and I kind of discussed this a little bit. We haven't really <laughs> figured out the medical marijuana thing just yet. I know they're trying, and you've got people like Representative Scott Fettgetter from Okmulgee who has pretty much written the rules for uh, regulations and whatnot for, for medical marijuana. He knows all about it, more than he would like to know. And maybe we'll get him on here before Tuesday. But I think that there's, there, you know, it opened up Pandora's box. There was a lot of problems with medical marijuana. We, we saw the uh, a, a lot of Chinese companies illegally coming in and buying up a bunch of land. That, well, they bought up a bunch of land in Oklahoma. And they did it with the help of this. This There's an attorney in town that's giving them the, uh, he's kind of a part of the deal. And so they can, you know, buy land. It, it's a big scam. It's a gigantic scam. It's Chinese money. They came in here and they did all this stuff. And they did a bunch of stuff illegally. And black market selling it and doing a bunch of stuff wrong. Now, we know that for a fact. We here in green country know that they shut that big giant one down in Henrietta. And they've closed a bunch of them down across the state because of all kinds of problems. Human trafficking and, you know, whatnot. Anyway, that's that's been a disaster. And uh, I know that the state has kind of tried to tighten the grip on how many grow licenses they offer. And slowing that down and trying to make sure that it's, you know, I just, I just think they're, they don't really have a a total grip on the medical deal. And you open up recreational, it might throw a bunch of more issues out there. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm open for you to, um, to weigh in on it here via text or phone call. If you'd like to 918-756-3646. I think that many folks think, well, Maybe it's similar to alcohol, and if it's if it's handled properly as an adult with a you know half a sane mind, it could be okay. And it's kind of like I mean I, I related some to alcohol because I I imbibe on a pretty regular basis, and I think about it, and and I just happen to be I, I believe you know I can handle it. I mean like I don't get drunk. I don't. We just. And I think, you know, if you handle it properly, maybe it's fine, but it's, it's what if you don't, and what if the kids get into it and it's laying around a house and all the teenagers, I mean, I, you know, it's just an issue. It's an issue. 
Let's go to the phone lines and talk to Fayroy. He's he's here. He's talking. Hi, Fayroy. How are you? Hey, do I need to turn that phone down a little more? Well, I don't know. So far, so good, man. What, what you got? Okay. Well, my story is, uh, I feel, I guess it was in the 2017 or somewhere along in there and, and landed on my head. That explains a lot. Back, <laughs> bent my fingers back, and and uh, I had to sit there and straighten my fingers out. I didn't break none. I just popped them out of joint, and I got my pain medicine stolen from me. Seems like well, maybe I I've taken some, but uh, anyhow, within a week or two, I got the, the pain medicine stolen. Yeah, and. And I was about to commit suicide. I was sitting around here, wasn't hungry, couldn't sleep. And you're yeah, being serious, dude. You, you, you're you're pretty serious yeah. on that deal, right? I mean, I know we've talked about that. I'm, I'm as I'm as serious as a heart attack now. Right. I got a couple of uh, buds of marijuana, and uh, I take two puffs at a time, and it would end my pain and uh, I could go sleep and I'd wake up hungry you know so I started cooking out of the crock pot and, and my story my conclusion to this is when you're in definite pain when you need pain relief the marijuana ain't, ain't bad for you but you know that it well for example cocaine that's what cocaine was for Okay. Knew a man that got his face cut off with a t- tractor tire when they were iron tractor tires. He's dead and gone now, but that's what they put on his face. And huh. well, that was his pain medicine. But okay. What my story is is this is going to be abused come hell or high water. People are going to, and I think that the medical marijuana is. Uh, probably going to be enough to to take care of the uh, people that smoke it, you know, because of the foul play or whatever I'm trying to so, say. So let me ask you, so you, this, so it, it basically saved your life in, in one regard, and and so I'm curious, where where would you stand on this? I mean, if you don't mind sharing how you might vote, because you, you know, it sort of well, helped you, but you may I'm, think I'm, medical's I'm, enough, so how would you stand on this, if you don't mind sharing it? Well, I I just think that the kids are going to abuse it. It's just like liquor or anything else. They're going to abuse it, man. And then there's going to be a lot of hell take place, and we'll have to go through to. I don't know if we could, uh, you know, get rid of it once they vote it in. Now, I'm, I'm I'm all for it for pain, but there's going to be enough abuse with the the medical marijuana. You sound like you you're, little, you're a little divided. Here, yeah. You, you put this out there where that these kids are are uh, able to get a hold of it, and mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of them getting killed. And chaos is what I'm thinking now. Uh, how do you feel on it? I think I think you're probably right. I think the more access that these teenagers are going to have to it, the more problems they're going to have. I mean, it, you know, it's just like. Uh, I think teenagers having access to porn now on their phone, where it used to be a little more difficult. You had to go steal a magazine from the store. 
but now it's on your phone. And I yeah. think that's a problem. I mean, they are abusing that, that, that access. And so I think it's logical to think that with more access, there'll be more problems with teenagers and, and that's not good. We don't want any of that. <clears throat> so I don't know that it's going to benefit us a lot. I, I mean, I think, I think, look, if you, if you medically need it, like you said, well, there's a, pre- there's a path for you there. Why do we need to make it recreational? I mean, pl- plenty of people are getting a hold of whatever it is they need now. Why do we need to open it up to make it just that much more easy to get? I, I don't know what the benefits are in the long run. I think it's the negative that outweigh the, the positives, I think. That's what well, I think. I'm with you on that. And, and uh, the medical is enough to, to get us by uh, because there's going to be abuse there. What I'm what my story is behind that marijuana, when you need pain relief, you ain't going to get high. You're going to get relief from pain. Yeah. You hear what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, the whole time that, that, I, that I was sick and broke up and everything, I'd, I'd smoke it and uh, it eased my pain, but I never did get high. Huh. Wow, really? Well, yeah. Really? Yeah. I guess when you're in pain like that, you might be high or whatever they call it, but you don't know. It. Well. You know, I wouldn't go out and. Well, I appreciate you sharing your story with us, Fayroy. That's 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 well, what I don't we're know here for. Made any sense well, it made sense, it. yeah, for sure. Yep, absolutely. Well, get somebody else to give their opinion on it. I want to listen to it. Okay, all right. Well, we'll ask them. Bye bye. See you, Fayroy. Bye bye. Got a texture here. Says the only two people I know personally who smoke marijuana. I would not want to expand on those numbers. Are as their mental sharpness disappears and creates zombies. Yeah, I don't know. I've never been a, uh, a partaker of marijuana. For whatever reason, I was always scared of it, I guess, as a kid. And I, I had it offered to me, I think, one time. And I just never did do it. Well, I take that back. I did one time. <laughs> now that I think about it. One time. I did it. And I did it with my kids. And that's terrible. Isn't <clears throat> that bad? I mean, my kids were grown. I don't. My kids weren't teenagers. All right? They were in their 30s at the time. And it was in, it was in Jamaica and it was just, you know, I got sicker than a dog. Like I didn't get anything from it. It didn't do anything for me, but make me sick. And that was into my, my deal. I was like, yeah, I'm good. I think I'll pass now. Anyway, if you have an opinion about it, uh, yes or no, let us know. I, I just came across this. This is kind of interesting. Logan Phillips. Who remembers that name? Oh yeah. He was one of our state representatives. About 15 minutes ago, he is voting yes on state question 820. He said, I hope you join me on March 7th. Wow. Huh? <laughs> well, uh, and so I was just, I was just looking on Twitter here about what it would say. Uh, you know, again, it's a, there's a real divide here. I think Fayroy makes an interesting point. If you're, if you medically need it, it can be in his case, uh, extremely helpful. But there's a path for that. And, I, you know, and here's a guy that, that took it and helped him, and yet he's not so sure that the recreational is a good idea. So uh, if if you're for it, I'm, 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 I'd love to hear the foresight. Okay, you're yes on, on 820. Call me up. Let's talk about it and tell me why. Okay, you're a yes. 
on 820. Okay. Okay. 824 is our time, and we're going to take us a little break here and hear from Magoon and Associates. We'll be right back. Eight twenty-seven is our time on a Friday morning. We are discussing uh, eight twenty right now. State question eight twenty, and uh, getting your thoughts and opinions about it. We do have other stuff to talk about, but I, I'm I'm just checking out what you people have to say about this. Uh, here's a listener texting in: Is the medical marijuana really medical? Can you pick it up from Walmart or Walgreens pharmacy? Are they smoking to get in the hospitals? Did medical marijuana go through a professional consensus? It was approved through popular vote. What's next to be approved through popular vote? You know, that's kind of an interesting perspective right there. Absolutely. Here's another texture. People can get all they want now. Even when they aren't using it for medical purposes, it's easy to get a medical card. And here is another texture. It says, uh, all in all, this bill was written by the MMA, who will be reaping the financial revenues 85% minus the 15% excise tax on top of the regular taxes applicable at time of sale. The bill was ill-written by the favorable party in an effort to get it passed, and the loopholes were many. Please vote no until more restrictions can be put in place. And that's what the sheriff was talking about. It's being passed. We got the cart in front of the horse again. It's not ready. We're not ready. She goes on to say, undoubtedly, crime will increase and consequences associated are very lack. There is so much that is not being revealed to the general public. Thank you, Brooks, for allowing me to express my understanding of the bill and the future consequences. You're welcome, and thank you. So uh, that's some of the opinions from some, some of you listeners out there. If, if others want to weigh in, you're welcome to do so. I, I encourage it, and, and we, we just want to know, you know, where's this thing going to go? I have no idea where it's going to go, how it's going to – I mean, it's just, you know, it's it's – People who you might not think would be Ford or Ford, and people you might not think would and not, and it's kind of all over the board there. So if you have an opinion, you want to weigh in, you're welcome to do so. 756-3646 text or call. All right, let's move on. In other news, we have a story. <clears throat> it says here, the Johns Hopkins chief psychiatrist has come out and claimed that transgenderism is a mental disorder. And somebody texted this morning that I'm literally shaking and crying. This cannot possibly be true. It is true. And we've been saying this for a while. And I, and I, I'm, I'm, I hate it for all the trans kids that are confused because they're really confused. And here's, you know, the kids, bless their heart. I mean, they're kids. The parents are the problem. In most, not all cases. Now, some parents are against it and their kids are doing it anyway, obviously. But in many cases, the parents are all about it and they're encouraging it and pushing their kids in these ways. And that's, that's the ones that I'm really, I would be angry at, would be those parents because it is a mental disorder to think that you are, I mean, come on, this, this has gone bananas. You know, you're born a boy, but you decided somehow by the time you're three years old, you want to be a girl. I'm supposed to be a girl. 
I'm a girl in a boy's body. I need health. Okay, let's do all the surgery. No, that's not going to do it. I'm sorry. God made you perfect the way he made you. And it was God that made you. Trust me on that one. You're not an accident from the primordial soup pond of eons ago. You are the creation of God himself, the creator of the universe, who holds it all together and is smarter than you and me. And he knows what he is doing. So when he made you whatever sex he made you, that is exactly what you're supposed to be. And you should be happy about it. And the parents should affirm that, as should the schools and should the culture and should the church. Hello, church people. And this is a big issue. The dad gum church getting all up into this business and getting all goofy with their, well, we got to welcome them all in and put them on the stage and make them worship leaders. Here's somebody I saw tweeted this out. I saved this for you. Speaking of religion, here's a guy. He says, gay Christian, adult, adulterous Christian, murderous Christian, stealing Christian, idolatrous Christian. There's no such thing. Christians don't identify with sin. They repent of it. But you hear the term, you know, it's out there. Somebody might claim to be a gay Christian. I'm a gay Christian. That's the same as saying, I'm an adulterous Christian. Nice to meet you. Oh, yeah, I'm a murderous Christian, but I'm Christian. It's identifying with your sin. I mean, it's, it's, that's what that is. It is a sin, black and white of the Bible. There's no gray area about it. And I think he makes a pretty strong point, honestly. There's no such thing as gay Christian any more than there's such thing as a murderous Christian. I mean, right? Tell me if I'm wrong. Let me jump in here. I think it's I think it's spot on. Uh, <clears throat> Jenna Ellis, who's an attorney, she's she was big time up at the Trump campaign. I follow her on Twitter. She asked a question: What do you think is the most important issue facing the Christian Church today? If I was to ask you that question, listener, what what do you think is the most important issue facing the Christian Church of today? <coughs> I'll tell you what I said in a minute. Uh, some of the other people responded, too many churches aren't following the Bible they preach from, <clears throat> asleep and intoxicated with religion. Uh, hypocrisy is the biggest problem, some say. Some say lukewarm pastors announcing once uh, one is saved because they took a sprinkle and said a little ditty. Um, additional intrusion and infiltration by external special interests, says one person. Somebody said buying into all the climate garbage is the biggest issue with the church of today. Somebody said we need more discipleship, evangelism, outreach. I'm, I'm asking you people what say you. The broad tolerance for sin, says one. We need to learn how to bring love, healing, and restoration to hurting lives. Spinelessness, says another. <clears throat> so what I said was, I said the same thing that's been plaguing the church from the beginning of the church. I think it's the same. I mean, there's different issues. There's trans issues and gay issues and eh, all kind of corruption issues, I, I suppose. I, I just still, the thing, it's the same thing. It's always been. Human nature doesn't change ever. So my response was, same as it's always been, Jenna, losing focus on our Messiah is the biggest issue facing the church today.
That's what I think. And it's just, it's just fundamental. I mean, it, it can all go back to that, right? When you lose focus on the Messiah, it, it's, you, you get off. I mean, you'd be like Peter sinking in the, in the ocean out there. He was walking on the water, doing real good, and then he lost his focus, took it off of Jesus into the world and into the storm and into the chaos, and he began to sink. And I think that's any time any of us personally, I'm speaking to myself here, preaching to myself, preaching good, that we lose focus. And it's certainly the same for the church. And it begins to sink. Begins to sink. All right, I got a text here from the uh, from the bride who uh, I hope I can share. She, she was telling us about our daughter-in-law. Said yesterday she saw a couple with a newborn dressed in a yellow, dressed in yellow. The nurse asked if the baby was a boy or girl. The mom replied, we're going to let it decide when it gets older. Jordan told her to go ask if they had made the decision whether to circumcise or not yet. <laughs> yeah, see, that's where our culture is leading confused young parents. They have a child, and I don't know if in this case the child has a pecker, and yet they're going to wait until the child is older to let it decide what it wants to be. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a mental disorder. That is deranged. That is off the mark. And that is borderline insane. Okay? But here you have it. In our modern day, over and over and over. This is this is our daughter. I saw this in the doctor's office this week. Well, I know he's got one of those things, but we don't know. We're going to let him decide because what's on the inside? It is insane, and it's sad to see. It really, I mean, think of the poor kid. This is his parents. He's going to now have to straighten out. You shouldn't have to straighten out your parents. It shouldn't be the other way around. It's sad. I'm telling you, it's, I really feel bad for the kids here. That's who's suffering. I mean, imagine these kids that have parents that are so deranged that they're willing and promoting to cut off that thing, put in another thing, cut off those and re, you know, and just go through it all and get the drugs going and the puberty hormonal blockers going and just F up your kid physically, mentally as well. Oh my gosh, man. You ought to read some of the stuff from these kids that, that, are, that are wanting to go back to what they originally created to be. It's very sad. And it's, it's out there. And, and sadly, and we're talking about the church here. That's, that's part of the problem is the church is kind of, you know, kind of mealy mouthing about some of this stuff, you know, and that's sad. That's sad right there. All right, I'm, I got some more stuff about the church. We haven't talked religion much. I've, I've, I've had a couple of clips here. We haven't talked too much about it lately, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to throw this one at you too while we're, while we're on the topic. Uh, many of you have heard of John MacArthur famous. This guy's written more books than, you know, it should be allowed legally guys. And I like the guy. I, mean, I think he's a, he's a phenomenal leader, author, smart guy. He's a preacher. And, uh, this is a little clip. It's only two minutes long, so it's not the entire sermon. It, it you know, might be taken out of context, but I want to get your, your opinions on this little clip right here, John MacArthur. But you have to understand, this other stream of evangelicalism goes back about to 1966. 
1966, when the hippies came out of San Francisco, showed up in Orange County, joined Calvary Chapel, and we had the launch of an informal, barefoot, beach, drug-induced kind of young people that told the church how the church should happen, how it should act. Hymns went out, suits went out. For the first time in the history of the church, the conduct of the church was conformed to a subculture that was born in LSD and marijuana in San Francisco, migrated to Southern California. It's a completely different stream. That launches the informal, culturally driven, culturally defined, give them what they want kind of church that ends up in the seeker-friendly church, takes a branch in the vineyard, and the vineyard leads to the excesses of the contemporary charismatic movement. That's a completely different stream. That's not our stream. Those aren't our heroes. I don't go back to Lonnie Frisbee who led the Jesus movement and died of AIDS as a homosexual. I don't go back there. That's not my stream. But that's the stream that has produced the culturally bound, culturally driven, seeker-driven church movement. And while there are good and bad and, and better and best and worst elements of it, that's where it comes from. We're very different, very different. Our heroes are very different. We know who our people are. And if, you're say, if you say you're on this side and you are on this side, then you have a responsibility to be faithful to this marvelous history. Okay, John. So I have some issues with your little statement there. You know, out went the suits. And I've watched the movie. You should go see the movie, The Jesus Revolution, because it's all about what he's talking about. And it's probably talking about this in response to the movie. And here's a guy, of course, in his suit, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> and he's he's opining for the day of, of when everybody was in a suit. And he just can't hardly stand the fact that people are going to church in a casual attire. And those are not the heroes. The Lonnie Frisbees are not the heroes that he, that's not his stream, man. We got a different stream. We got different heroes back in the past. I'm thinking, really? I, I wonder, let's go on way back, John. Let's go back to, let's say King David. Would, would you consider him one of your heroes? Do you go back to King David? He was kind of mm, not perfect. Murderer, <laughs> adulterer. He did, he did some bad things. Oh, King David, God thought he was a pretty good guy, though, man after my own heart. What about Peter? Denied even knowing Jesus uh, after walking with him for three years. Not perfect. Who are your heroes, John? I think this is just a divisive, sad take from, from a man that uh, just he got out of his lane a little bit. I mean, I think that's who he, he really is. He's telling you who he is. And he wants to go back to suits and formalities. And, uh, and I don't, I, you know, it's just people trying to always put God in their little box. This is how God looks. This is how he acts. And this is how it will happen. This is happening with the Asbury revival going on. That's not going on down anymore. I guess they, they say, Oh, something you, you see all these preachers on here. Ah, that's not revival. That's just emotionalism. Here's what revival looks like. Boom, boom, boom. 
I'm like, yeah, your, your God is awfully small if you could put him in that little bitty old box over there and say, this is how God has to work. <laughs> Go read Job and, and, and see God's discourse with Job. And say, Job, were you there when I did this and that and the other? I don't think so. I don't think you have a clue, Mr. Job. And I don't think John, I don't like John MacArthur. Don't get me wrong. I think he's, you know, he's done a lot of good for the, for the kingdom and whatnot. But if you have an opinion about that, I'd, I'd love to hear it. Um, I think it's relevant for our times and where we are. And, and the movie is interesting because Chuck Smith from Calvary Chapel is about like this guy, suit guy, according, and this is based on a true story the Jesus revolution movie. And he had a dying church sitting in a boring, dead, lifeless church. Some of you have been in those. Maybe you're in one now. And this hippie came in Lonnie Frisbee and said, man, you got all these kids out here are dying. They're all doing drugs because they're looking for something and they're looking for God, man. Open your doors. Chuck Smith opened his doors and let all the hippies in transformed his church, started this massive movement in uh, in Southern California. And yes, there were a bunch of hippies and probably some of them doing some drugs and trying to get off that stuff and get a cleaned up life. And many of them did. And, and one of them was Greg Laurie was in that movement. He was in the Calvary Chapel movement. He was one of the dudes that got saved. And the whole movie is basically about Greg Laurie as well as Chuck Smith and Lonnie Frisbee. And Greg got saved, got transformed, and now has one of the largest churches out there in, in, in California. Massive, mega church, tens of thousands of members. Just an old surfer dude. I don't know that he wears a suit on Sunday when he preaches. I mean, what would John MacArthur think? And this may not even be John MacArthur now that I think about it. It might be somebody I'm thinking now. Is that John MacArthur? Maybe not. I don't think it is John MacArthur. I think it's some other preacher. I don't even know who this is. Now that I say that, I, that's terrible that I, I've said that against John MacArthur. I don't, this is not, yeah, maybe it is. Every, let me see. Let me see. I think it is John MacArthur after all. Of course, I should never doubt myself. Any, yeah, it is John MacArthur. Okay. Anyway, if you have an opinion, well, jump in there and weigh in on it. Let's see if I got, got some text over here. See, this is... Uh, this is a little bit from a couple of stories ago about trans. If you look at the trans people closely, they pretty much look outrageous. I think they're wanting attention then they're not, they're not getting. And, and that is, I mean, it's true. Let's be honest, man. I mean, they, 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 they do everything under the sun to get attention with their hair. They pierce themselves in every kind of way possible. They're dressed. I mean, it's all about look at me. I want attention. You're exactly right. And it's sad because teenagers need that. We all want to be affirmed. That's just the human kind. We all love it when we're affirmed in some way. It's one of the love languages is, is words of affirmation. So it feels good. And teenagers, man, they do anything to be affirmed. So if you have teenagers, affirm them strongly and regularly because they're looking for it. And they'll go looking in any way they can, where they can find it. And so there's this whole cultural trend right now, and it's it's faddish and trendish, and they're being accepted by these little groups. And it's but it's it's it can be dangerous, really dangerous, life threatening, to say the very least. 
got a, got a text here. Churches don't want to say much about transgender because they don't want to lose their tax status. Yeah, I, I don't know if they would. I don't think that's crossing the line into politics. I think that is cultural. That's ground they need to be talking about. I don't think they're going to lose their tax status by talking about that. They, they lose their tax status by saying, vote for Joe. You know, they're not supposed to do that, I guess. But they, some churches do it anyway. We saw that during uh, some of the elections over in in the East Coast. Anyway, what else we got happening out there? We've, we've talked about that a little bit. We have other stuff we need to know about. Let me see. What do we got? What do we got? Well, we got... <laughs> Let's bring it back closer to home again. How many of you out there are hoping that we get cockfighting back in Oklahoma? I have not been really seeing a whole lot about this, but a few little things. And I saw something this morning. Says former Oklahoma AG Drew Edmondson says a bill that would allow Oklahoma voters by county to decide whether to reduce cockfighting to a misdemeanor is unprecedented. At no time in history of the state of Oklahoma has the Oklahoma legislature given the opposite to counties to take felonies and reduce them to misdemeanors, said Edmondson. There's no reason to do that for the blood sport of cockfighting. And I didn't even know that was a thing coming back. I'm out of the sport, man. I don't even know what's happening out there. But I guess it's a discussion. Representative Justin Humphrey, author of the H. Bill 2530, says his effort is about criminal justice reform, by gosh. And he says if some drug possession is reduced to misdemeanor, well, cockfighting should be too. I mean, can't you see the correlation? Connect the dots. Hello. He says they, uh, he does not have an opinion on whether it is humane or not. <laughs> I have no opinion. Hmm. I wonder if that's true. Have no opinion? Come on now. You wrote the bill. You have no opinion about it. So he's just going at it uh, just for criminal justice reform. It's like, hey, man, cockfighting should be a misdemeanor. I don't know. <laughs> Whew. Well, what do you say out there, people? I know some of you guys. I know Fayroy. He's ready, boy. He wants to go to the cockfights. I know James Langford. He's probably looking forward to it as well, hoping to get that going again. It's so funny. Fayroy swears. He saw uh, James Langford at a cockfight one time. I'm like, oh, come on. And I asked James Langford about it on my radio station. Some of you longtime listeners remember. I uh, I did. I hit him up because Fayroy was convinced it was Langford. I said, Mr. Langford, <laughs> and we have uh, listeners that have spotted you at a cockfighting event. He just laughed. He's like, I have never been to a cockfighting event in my life. I'm like, I, they swear, uh, you know, against, you know, perjuring themselves. <laughs> he he uh, he doubled down. No, he never done it. Anyway, are we going to do this in Oklahoma? Is this going to be what we're known for? Cockfighting in Oklahoma. Oh no, I've got him stirred up. He's coming back in here. My gosh. Hey, Fayroy, welcome back. What did I do? Stir you up? Yeah, yeah. Listen, I'm listening. The cockfighting. There's nothing brutal. Uh, you know. Whenever you've got chickens out on the farm and uh, it rains, uh, it washes the smell of the, I don't know, there's some kind of a smell of, uh, of uh, you know, uh, a pecking order. And then after it rains, all of these roosters go back to fighting and killing one another. They'll break their jaws off, a wing, a leg. 
that's just their nature. Why not let them fight them? Well, you don't think it's it's blood bloodthirsty? It's it's uh, barbaric to see these roosters killing each other in the ring. I mean, why well, don't, why don't we have dog fights? Uh, it, it, well, th- th- that's what my point is. Uh, are you going to stop dog fights or chicken fights uh, when it rains? Or are you going to stop them roosters from fighting and well, killing one another, breaking one another well, up? Nah, just because it's happening out on the farm, you know, organically doesn't mean you make a sport out of it necessarily, does it? I don't know. Well, <laughs> maybe you do. <laughs> They, they get fed a whole lot better, you know, and get a lot more attention. I, you know, I don't, I don't want to be a heater about this or nothing, but uh, that's natural to those chickens to fight like that. I didn't know that what, about and, the rain deal and stuff. That's kind of interesting. Well, you need to talk to somebody that knows more than me. There's nobody I've that knows more it. than you. You are the, the, the top when it comes to knowledge of all things. Okay. Everyone, come on. Thanks for the flower. Yeah, you are our resident sage, man. Now I want to straighten something up. Okay. That that uh, fight that I saw Lane for that. He wasn't gambling. He wasn't betting on no chickens. He come in there to uh, get votes. You know. Oh, speech. he was campaigning, <laughs> huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeast. But that's funny. That was, that was a chicken fight. Was it? He can't say he wasn't there. But... Well, he said he wasn't there. I asked him. <laughs> okay, listen, I didn't uh, well, intend I, to stir no, that's That's yeah. a good good bit of information. I appreciate you letting us know what, what the deal is. I didn't know that. <laughs> Let me ask you, you remember Big Dan? Oh, yeah, of course. He used to call in four or five times if he had something to say. I didn't. know. Yeah. Yeah. He did. Oh, Big Dan. Big Bad Ooh. Dan. Okay, big boy. Talk to you later. All right, Pharaoh. Bye-bye. 8.53 is our time. We are about out of it. We'll come back and wrap it up, and we'll get into Tradio next. 54 is our time. It's a Friday morning. It's the Brewers Briefing. By the way, if you want to find it out there in the podcast world, that's what you search for on your Apple or your Spotify. Brewers Briefing. That's what we're calling it because, well, I'm I'm Brewer and I'm trying to brief you on what you need to know about today. By gosh, 41 degrees. Going to be uh, a little bit overcast. It's, it's sunny over here, though, so it's coming your way. Going to be pretty decent. Uh, let's just take a look at the look. See at it real quick. 58 today. Uh, 66 tomorrow, sunshine, 75 on Sunday and windy and, uh, warm again, mid seventies on Monday. Then it's kind of cooling off again next week, all the way down into the forties uh, for one of the highs on Thursday of next week. Saw this U S military records or records 500% increase, 500% increase in AIDS since COVID death shout rollout. As it appears now that those who got the COVID-19 vaccines, quote, unquote, gave themselves AIDS and will die from it. Vaccine-induced AIDS, military records 500% increase in HIV after COVID-19 vax. And let me see. Uh, I'm trying to see the source. This is Stu Peters, and he's a, he's a little bit out there. Um, 
Trying to see what, if there's any more sources about that. But there's been a lot of talk about that, the uh, autoimmune deficiency disease that happens when you get all these boosters and it begins to destroy your immune system and you, you start having complications from all kind of other stuff. So, oh, my gosh, where's the – I had a story in here that would absolutely – oh, here it is right here. Now, if they would have rolled this story out, of course, I guess they didn't know until the vaccines came out. I can't play the whole thing. But uh, there's a doctor. <laughs> let me just let me just play a little bit of this. See if we can get into some of this. Maybe we'll talk about it. Hi, my name is Amy Kelly, and I am the COO of Daily Clout, as well as the program director of the War Room Daily Clout Pfizer Documents Analysis Program. It's hard to understand, isn't it? As a follow up to the report I did on the COVID vaccine harms to sperm and testes. I also wanted to talk with you about harms to the penis and its functions. Okay, so she did a study about the vaccines in uh, the testes and sperm, and now the penis is having problems, and it's very disturbing. Penis injury from the shot, very disturbing. Potential side effects, penal vein thrombosis, blood clots, penal neoplasm, malignant lesions, and penal squamous cell carcinoma cancer. If it goes undetected, it can spread to the lip system and et cetera, et cetera. Fellas, be careful out there. Uh, it, it, this thing comes with all kinds of side effects, I'm telling you. And they, they didn't warn us, especially about that one. Are you kidding me right now? I'm telling you, I, this is new to me. I didn't know that was an issue. <laughs> Thank God I didn't get it. I mean, it's not, I shouldn't laugh about it. It's not, it's not a laughing matter at all. I mean, it's just kind of, kind of wild. Like, wow, really? Are you serious right now? That's right. That's what she says. Ah, so much more to talk about. And look at us. We're out of time. We're out of time. I was going to tell you about a story uh, down in Austin, Texas. The police are, are using AI as a, as a staffing uh, crisis looms. They, they're using AI. I, I'm pretty fascinated with AI because it's just, well, because it's fascinating. And what it can do, and, and you have to be careful with some of the jobs that it's going to replace. I mean, this this AI down there, the, the police department in Austin, Texas, has got this stuff going. And it's it's uh, taking calls from the community through voice, mobile, web, and, and texting. Hang on, I'm not talking to you people. Um, it communicates with the public. And it writes reports. Some of the types of reports it can do is include minor assaults, threats, domestic violence, burglary, not involving arson, theft, unless it's involved. I mean, just, you know, the basic reporting. This thing is taking and talking to people, writing up the reports, and going, here you go, chief. Uh, this is it's just in the beginning. And it can do it in about any language imaginable. English, Spanish, French, Arabic, Hindi, Korean, traditional Chinese, Vietnamese, are you kidding me? And a bunch of others. Ah, boy, these computers are getting smarter. They liable to be hosting radio programs before we know it. <laughs> I hope so, don't you? Oh, my gosh. Listen, it's been fun. It's been real. It's been real fun. And uh, But it's uh, I'm, I'm out of time. 
I appreciate you again. Check it out in the podcast world. It's time for Tricia on Tradio. We're going to be buying, trading, selling, and giving it away. You guys have a fantastic Friday. Have a great weekend. Be sure to take along the brew.